Hey, good morning, San Diego. Welcome to the next uh, Max Faker podcast. Um, it's a beautiful day in San Diego. It's sunny, even though I think we got a couple inches of uh, snow on our mountain. So isn't that cool? We have the, we have the uh, ocean and then an hour and a half drive. Here you are. You're, you're knee deep in snow. So it is a beautiful day in San Diego. It's sunny uh, wherever you're at. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. Um, before I get started and I introduce my, my guest today, uh, we all woke up um, to this uh, terrible news that there is conflict uh, in Eastern Europe. So, so I hope and pray that uh, those that are the decision makers and are in power that they would uh, come to some resolve. So hopefully the, the situation will get uh, worse, uh, worse than what it is. Um, so let's just run, uh, jump right in. I have the pleasure of um, uh, having a conversation with Mr. Rudy Ramirez, who's, uh, who's someone that I've known for a while. So thank you, Rudy, for being here. We appreciate it. And um, so let's jump right in. What do you think about what's going on in this crazy world of ours? Uh, your thoughts, I'd love to hear it. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you for the invitation to be here. I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to you and to speak to some of your listeners. Um, yeah, quite troubling, isn't it? The conflict yeah. in Europe. I mean, we've been accustomed to peace over over so many years since World War II, and now this uh, incursion by Russia into Ukraine is something that upsets that world order that we were so uh, accustomed to and proud of, really, uh, I mean, the work of NATO over the years to secure uh, Europe. Uh, it's worked up until now, and so it's a big disappointment. And uh, I hope uh, as as well that that uh, some of those leaders find a way to bring peace, because at the end of the day, there'll be conflict and bloodshed, and uh, whatever they can do to avoid that, it certainly would be welcomed by the world. I I would agree. So um, again, wherever wherever you are, uh, let let's all pray and and hope for peace. Because at the end of the day, a war is not the answer. I think that's one thing we can all agree on. So thank you, Rudy. Um, now, Rudy, I, I, I want to get to know you a little more. So if you allow me, let, let's get up close and personal. Tell, tell me who Rudy is. Where did you grow up? What did you do? And, um, and, and how did you end up to where you are? And then we'll talk about kind of uh, what you're embarking on. Yeah. So I am a lifelong Chula Vistan. I grew up in the Castle Park area from birth. Uh, my parents, 92-year-old parents, still live in the house that I grew up in, and they live a mile and a half from where I live now. So I, I never really left the neighborhood. I went to uh, Castle Park Elementary, Castle Park Middle, and graduated from Castle Park High um, with a couple of stints uh, at St. Pius and at Precious Blood, when Precious Blood was a parochial school. And so um, I'm from the neighborhood. Uh, I, very soon after uh, graduating from college, I went to Chico State University in Northern California. Mm -hmm. I came back and started a, a business, a small business in the metal fabrication uh, business. And so uh, I operated that business for 30 years or so. And uh, as you know, uh, was elected to the city council in, uh, in, 26, in 2006 and served till 2014. What really brought me into politics and civic work, I think has just been the example of my parents. My parents were always active in the community, working at different, different levels. Uh, one of the first projects that I was involved in 
uh, in Chula Vista was as, as a small businessman. You know, as you know, uh, the Montgomery area of Chula Vista was annexed in, in, in uh, 86. And we were under county rules. And then, the, and then we shifted over to city rules. And so there was a lot of stress. And we felt that we weren't being taken care of by the city, really small businesses uh, in that part of Chula Vista. And we felt we were being mistreated and run out, really, in favor of uh, other large commercial developments. And so uh, we wanted to fight back. So we organized, you know, b- small business owners throughout Main Street. We organized and went to uh, City Hall and demanded change. And we ultimately got it. And I kind of made my, a little bit of a name for myself uh, there. And from there, they invited me to be a part of the General Plant Update Steering Committee, representing small business owners from, from Main Street. And I did that. That propelled me into the Citizens Advisory Committee for Bayfront Development. And, uh, and then other projects, sidewalk projects, always community-based. Mm-hmm. Working in neighborhoods is what um, I've really found a lot of uh, drive and a lot of passion. And uh, bringing neighbors together to solve neighborhood problems. And, uh, and so that's a, a little snapshot into, uh, into how I started into politics. So it sounds like you've been around Chula Vista for... Uh, for ever. quite some time, forever, forever, yeah, for me, ever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so uh, you have a you have a different perspective than or interesting perspective in terms of where Chula Vista was, you know, in the 1950s. Now, I've heard that uh, Chula Vista at one point was a uh, lemon orchard, and, and uh, yeah. so tell us about that. Uh, what do you know, and what, what can you share with us? We were, you know, early turn of the last century. We were the 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 world capital of lemons. We had a lot of lemon orchards in Chula Vista. In fact, where my home is now, mm-hmm. um, we're lemon orchards. I can still remember where the South Chula Vista Library is now, the, the one on Orange and Fourth. Uh, those big open fields, I think they were probably tomato fields by the time I was kind of in the area, uh, which was in, you know, the 1960s. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, we were an agricultural community and, uh, and that's why we have the lemon festival and, uh, and I have a big lemon tree in my front yard to make sure that uh, we don't forget that that heritage. Yeah, le- lemons are important, right? Yeah, big, big, big part lemons. of our lives. Absolutely. Now, um, you know, f- we we watched Chula Vista uh, transform from uh, a lemon orchard orchard community, and then the the um, aerospace um, industry had had a uh, presence in Chula Vista, and in the last 30, 40 years, really, the city has, has uh, grown uh, exponentially mm-hmm. eastward. So tell us your perspective on that. What do you remember? Uh, how did this growth all come about? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I would also love to hear from you um, all this um, um, noise and, and big news about the Chula Vista Bayfront. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about that. And so, so I was, I mean, my family was part of that initial wave. I mean, these were Chula Vista developing into a, a bedroom community. Uh, these were military folks, ex-military folks like my father was. My father was in the Air Force and then in the civil service. My father worked at Roar. He worked at Convair. He was, uh, you know, part of that uh, civil service community uh, as, a, as, a, um, as an Air Force veteran uh, and we settled like many uh, military families in, uh, in in Chula Vista, in the Castle Park area of Chula Vista, and uh, and so that was uh, that's always been our heritage. That's kind of where we we um, we started, 
and uh, and that's what we've we've stayed in large part as a bedroom community, and uh, beautiful communities. I mean, people who live here know the value. People who don't live in Chula Vista sometimes don't appreciate the great uh, you know the great weather. I mean, we're close to the water, uh, and and uh, and some of the you know beautiful master planned uh, communities that we have here on the the east that have uh, you know been brought about by. Uh, well, some pretty good planning. I mean, as far as master planned communities, we've done a very good job in expanding that uh, and building the infrastructure, the parks. Uh, you know, early on, some of our founders knew that it was important for residential development in order to ensure a high quality of life to be accompanied by the right infrastructure. And so they put in place mechanisms to make sure that that kind of infrastructure, so um, libraries, uh parks, uh, rec uh, centers, and uh, fire stations, and those all came along. Now, we can, you know, talk about some of the failures of when we're, we, you know, where we haven't been able to achieve all of those you know, goals and objectives that some of our founders had for us. Um, but generally, I mean, that was the idea, that, that you would have these ancillary developments. And so those now present, as we look forward and look uh, into our future, um, some some uh, challenges that we need to begin to address uh, so so that we are, we're addressing, for example, the jobs housing balance. And so that we're thinking about how we're going to uh, pay for some of this infrastructure, the ongoing costs, the maintenance, the cost of the water for watering these parks that we that we uh, that we were so interested in getting from some of these developments. And so. Um, so, Rudy, are... is it true that the city of Chula Vista, in terms of population, it's uh, second Largest city in San Diego County? Chula Vista is the Could second largest. Yes, okay. absolutely. Chula Vista is the second largest city in, uh, in, uh, in San Diego County, 14th largest in the state of California. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, the state of California, if it were its own independent sovereign nation, it would be the fifth largest economy on the globe. So uh, uh, we're a major player in a major city with uh, major opportunities. So for, for the listeners that are perhaps not as familiar with the city of Chula Vista, um, tell us how close the city is to the U.S.-Mexico border. So I think at our closest point, we're about seven miles from the, the Mexican uh, border. Mm-hmm. Um, with that bit of uh, San Diego, Otay Mesa, really the, being the separation now um given the size of the city and and, and all the great uh, history behind it why why is it that uh, for people that are not from california or from san diego you don't hear the name chula vista that often i mean when you think of this part of the country you think of san diego you've heard about del mar la jolla coronado and all these other great communities so why is it that um, Chula Vista really doesn't get as much attention? Well, you know, some, in certain sectors it does. I can tell you that, for example, in youth sports, we get a lot of attention. I mean, we, we, we compete nationally. I mean, if you remember our, uh, our Little League team that went to the, uh, the championship, that, you know, the, the World Series of Little League. And so for youth sports, we're very well known. Um, for amateur uh, sports training, we're also internationally known. I mean, we, we, we have the elite um, training center here in, in Chula Vista. Um, we, do, we do need to do a better job um, in some ways of, of uh, letting people know, you know what uh, Chula Vista is, 
certainly for business opportunities and for attracting employers, it, it would be very imp important for, for that sector to know. Otherwise, it's probably okay that we keep it a little bit of a secret. You know, we don't want it. Um, we don't want everybody to come to Chula Vista, but um, certainly we want them to come to visit. We want them to come to spend money here and uh, and uh, and help our, our local economy. And so, um, you know, we really start need to start thinking about how we do that. Uh, we can talk about a, a youth sports uh, uh, mega city which I think is a real possibility for Chula Vista if it's something that... So uh, what are some of the um, major attractions that would potentially bring people to want to come and visit? What, yeah. what, what do we have in the city? Well, we have a few. We don't have many. As I said, we started, you know, as I said, we were a, we're a, a bedroom community largely. We, certainly we have our amphitheater, uh, we have our water park, uh, and we have our Olympic Training Center or, or our elite athlete training center. Uh, and we have, you know, our master plan communities, beautiful housing opportunities uh, all over uh, Chula Vista, probably some of the most affordable in the county of San Diego. And, uh, and so we, you know, we have those, those sorts of amenities. But it's time to now start thinking about what we're doing, you know, to go to the next level. Uh, and there are opportunities. I mean, the, one of the things that I've been talking a lot about uh, has, has been this opportunity for youth sports megacity. In fact, I'm hoping to get a, a piece published here um, in uh, in short order uh, on that vision for Chula Vista. As you know, uh, when we were talking earlier, it's it's a, 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 a bit of what we already are. I mean, we have something like 80 uh, youth soccer clubs in uh, or teams uh, in in Chula Vista. I mean, tremendous potential to uh, to grow that uh, and opportunities still. That we can, that we can have. I mean, if we could develop uh, uh, tournament capacity fields, which we can. Um, developers, as you know, when they when they come into into town, they build homes, and as I was explaining earlier, they fund they fund infrastructure. If we were able to spend that infrastructure or dollars in the right way to enhance this opportunity, it'd be a tremendous input for for another big reason to come to Chula Vista, which is youth sports competition. So what else is Chula Vista known for? Arts, culture, food. Uh, I, I know when, when, you know, when you name, uh, when you mention Chula Vista, people often think about, oh, great tacos and yeah. good beer. But, uh, but I know there's more to it. So, so, so tell, talk to us about that. Certainly, uh, the craft beer on 3rd Avenue is, uh, is something that we're known for. Of course, the Mexican food. I've got uh, a number of favorite places of where, you know, where to go get. Uh, different dishes but right around the corner from my house we have a wonderful cuban uh little takeout place and a small little restaurant there that does uh, traditional cuban pastries and cuban sandwiches fantastic it's uh, on the corner of third and quintard pretty much next to where we used to have a cvs and uh and we have places small little places like that we have a puerto rican restaurant on uh, on Broadway, just I think around I Street, um, the old Bull Weevil, if people might remember, is now a Puerto Rican uh, restaurant. I mean, a number of Thai restaurants. We have a lot of small mom and pop places that you know. I mean, Chula Vista is an affordable place for um, a small business like that still to to uh, to settle, you know, to start to kickstart a, a business. And so we have a, a very rich community that way and it's it's almost hard to keep up with i mean there's so much of that uh, 
you know, some of the um, Vietnamese um, food places down along Broadway are also, you know, uh, wonderful. So it sounds like Chula Vista has really become a um, a blended uh, of cultures and 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 uh, traditions, and uh, all coming together in, in you know in in, in a quaint uh, setting. So I, I know there's a lot going on at the Bayfront in Chula Vista, uh, and that's been on the planning, uh, been in the planning phase for quite some time. What can you share with us about the f- the future and the vision for that? Uh, Master development. Well, let me just tell you that that uh, when I first got involved in you know civic affairs, there had already been I don't know thirty years of planning and starts and stops on a bayfront development. Um, all of them fell through. All of them failed. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, when I first got started with the general plan update and then moved over to the citizens advisory uh, on the bayfront development, it was a fantastic process. I I, I think a template for doing difficult development and doing difficult projects and achieving big things. Uh, it was important in its uh, ability um, and its uh, in, uh, to, to engage the community. Some 24 different interest groups participated in meetings over a couple of years to develop the plan and bring together um, the environmental community, the business community, um, you know, organized labor, um, you know, across the board, uh, education, uh, a, a number of players that, that all had some things, some ideas about what the Bayfront process should be. And, 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 this, and watching this group evolve and learn what it needed to do to develop coastal land uh, in California, very difficult um, and very difficult challenges, especially in Chula Vista because of all of the, the environmental concerns that we had, you know, the the, um, the preserves and so forth. And so a complicated pro- pro- process, um, but uh, ultimately something that we were able to entitle. When I became a councilman later on, we, fi- we were uh, finally able to entitle that, went to the California Coastal Commission and, uh, and got their approval for a project to move forward, which was the difficult part, bringing together the vision about what that could be, what inten- how intense that development would be, and so uh, now we have a wonderful opportunity, 250,000 square feet of convention space is going to go in there, um, you know, 3,000 uh, residential units. I mean, it, it's going to be uh, quite a, a development and, uh, and really, I think, propel Chula Vista into a different um, arena. Now, there's a lot of questions about exactly whether or not we're going to be able to capture it. And I just hope that with the right leadership, uh, in, in the in the near future, that those opportunities that the Bayfront development will bring to Western Chula Vista to revitalize some of those commercial corridors, um, I hope that that uh, uh, that we will develop the plan necessary to to capture those opportunities, and it's something I plan to be active in and working on. So you you are one of the candidates for the uh, in, you're in the mayoral race for the city of Chula Vista one of uh, uh, one of candidates. Um, no, Max, I'm the only candidate. The only candidate. <laughs> there you go. The um, only real candidate. No. The, on, the only real candidate. Um, what made you come back to politics and and uh, and and want to do this? I, I know you know political race uh, can can be quite taxing on on you know on personal life and your time and so what what was the driver? What was the one thing that uh, 
that made you want to jump in and uh, do this? Well, I really felt that it was it was right for me personally. In my personal life, I had the time, um, you know, semi-retired. Uh, I mean, still running a business, uh, but but uh, largely, uh, you know, with, with some time and still a, a strong passion for, the, for Chula Vista and, and uh, being able to see the potential of our city and really, you know, being very disappointed with our inability up to now to, to capture the great potential. I mean, for our university, for our Bayfront, which is, you know, installed. I mean, I, we entitled it uh, 10 years ago or so. And, uh, and still, we haven't seen anything go, go up there. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, on the verge of happening. But these sorts of things need to happen a little quicker and, and, and done a little better. There are also a number of issues, you know, that, that I think have be, are being neglected in, in the neighborhoods. And so I'm, I'm very critical. I think I can offer the right kind of leadership. I think I can uh, do the right kind of civic engagement, uh, really, um, working with communities, working with people, residents, um, to help them bring their our vision for our, for this city into fruition and so that motivates me um and so you know i'm a, of a certain age this will be my last hurrah and uh and i'm i'm excited to uh you know to participate and to have the opportunity to lead this city and help it achieve the greatness that i think it can so what does a mayor do um what 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 does that entail and uh, since you've been in public office so share with us your understanding of, because, uh, you know, I've had people ask me, well, you know, can politicians really do anything yeah. <laughs> that would impact people's lives? So as a mayor, if you were elected uh, uh, by the people of Chula Vista, you know, what will you do and, and what can a mayor actually do to bring about some of these positive changes? Yeah, well, a major, a mayor has a major role. I mean, a, a mayor is a leader. A mayor needs to be a leader. Now, you can skate by, as it appears we've been doing. I'm sorry to be so critical, but it, it, it really does feel like we've been skating for, for some time now. But a mayor really has the potential of leading uh, in different directions. I mean, we have a housing crisis. I don't need to tell you. You understand. We don't, we don't have the inventory. The, the high cost is, is really burdening um, families, you know, and making it difficult really for first-time home buyers to to get in the market uh, for renters to pay their rent I mean more and more of their income is going into paying this and it's a huge problem highly complex we need to get to it we need to be able to resolve this issue we have the ability to do that here in Chula Vista to make our contribution to uh, to that problem and uh, and help alleviate that there are things that we can do I've been in the private sector as a businessman I've been in government and I understand the mechanisms about how to do that. I mean, we have um, uh, a public safety uh, concerns. I mean, uh, uh, crime is up. Uh, since 2017, it's increased uh, 28%, uh, according to Sandag, um, uh, to, uh, 19, uh, to 2020. And, and that's a tremendous increase. At the same time today, we're 40 police officers short in our police department. Our, uh, uh, we're 20 uh, firefighters short. And this is after... Uh, you know, the 2018 tax measure that was brought on specifically to pay for those those kinds of services. And so a, a mayor needs to be able to lead to make these things come about. They don't happen uh, unless unless you have strong leadership and you can push in the right direction. You know how to bring your council along to then 
help your staff understand what they need to be doing and, and how they need to be doing it so that they, they're bringing those results to, uh, to the residents of, of Chula Vista. And so, I mean, it, it, technically speaking, you have a, a mayor has one vote. There are five council members, you know, councils, four council members and a mayor. Everybody has one vote. But the, the mayor has a bully pulpit and has the ability to, um, um, to lead if, uh, if they cho- so choose to. So really, for, the, for, the, for our younger audience that are listening to us, and um, what, what words of encouragement would you have for, the, for that population to ever want to get civically involved, given that, you know, every time you turn the TV on, I mean, let's face it, the, the image uh, that our politicians have, it's not necessarily one that it's of, of favor right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, how, what, what can you say or, or share that would encourage the, you know, those that are entering the workforce to not pull away from civic life? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, government, it's us. Yeah. And, and uh, how, do we, how do we get people engaged and, and um, motivated? Well, fundamentally, you need to give them a place at the table. You need to show them how they can participate. I mean, one of the basic uh, fundamental uh, elements of civic engagement um, is capacity building. So, in, in that process, you show people their role and 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 help them understand really what what the issues are and what the possibilities are for resolving some of some of these. And then you engage them for their for their own. Uh, creativity and their own participation in addressing some of the issues that that we have. And so, first of all, you need to bring them to the table, allow them a place at the table. You know, the city of Chula Vista um, and its founders were brilliant when they set up our uh, our city and in our charter. We're, we're you know we have boards and commissions. I, I, f- I feel my experience is that they, the, this group of boards and commissions have been neglected in a long in a lot uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, where you know average citizens come in and are, are supposed to be the you know they, 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 these are the people that are supposed to represent the heartbeat of the community and they're regu- relegated to you know their corners and their 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 isolated meetings and and many times their work never comes to fruition never rises up to a city council level where where their work could impact public policy and and so we need to do a better job of that and and we need to bring in um, fresh blood. We need to bring in fresh blood into that process, and uh, and show them how they can participate, and then respect their participation. Understand, listen to them, and uh, and respect their participation uh, uh, by you know following through on some of the work that uh, we all know needs to happen. We need their help. I mean, honestly, I mean, you cannot. I'm convinced that you really can't uh, cannot achieve the big things that we want to achieve unless you have a very robust civic engagement and participation. And certainly young people are a big part of that. So COVID-19 in the last two years had devastating effect on uh, companies all across America, uh, from small to large and corporate America and all the way down to the mom and pop businesses. And, and as you mentioned, Chula Vista is really home to a, a fairly large population of um, small you know, independently owned businesses. So in, in your view, how are they going to um, recover from that? But in terms of the future of the city, 
if if you're a small business owner listening in right now, what why should someone consider uh, bringing their uh, dream and vision of of running a small business here in Chula Vista versus other communities throughout San Diego County? Well, I think that small businesses could thrive in Chula Vista. We have we have enough rooftops here um, to help uh, you know create opportunities for small small businesses. And so I I I I think that. Entrepreneurs should be looking to Chula Vista because it's a good place to to settle, and uh, and and thrive. I I I don't know that the city has really recognized that opportunity and been as welcoming to small business as they they could be. Uh, I I don't know the 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 data. I don't know the fact, but. People are turned away from the finance counter all the time. People that want to come and set up a business and for one reason or another, they can't or it takes too long or it's, you know, the, the bureaucratic processes for for starting a business in Chula Vista need to change. We need to be encouraging people. We need to be, never turn anybody away. If somebody wants to start a business, they want to start a business in their garage, in their home, they should be allowed some leeway. Now, we want to be careful. We don't want to create impacts right negative impacts in in neighborhood it all depends on what kind of a business but i mean microsoft how did where did that start you know apple didn't they start in garages uh, i mean these are the sorts of places that small businesses start and Ch- the city of chula vista needs to be more welcoming to that kind of a, a business enterprise and, and that kind of entrepreneurship so as a as a large um city um chula vista certainly has its own fair share of um um homelessness, and all the other um, related issues that come along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is your view on that? Uh, what, what can the city and, and, and as a future mayor, what, 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 what will you be able to do to um, address the homelessness? Again, it's not unique to Chula Vista. It, it's certainly across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so share with us your thoughts on that. Well, I, it's... it's um it, it in in many ways it's it angers me that that our political leaders have let what was a public health crisis turn into a public safety crisis now um, i i feel that they've neglected uh, for you know for their own good reasons really neglected the work that they need to do in confronting homelessness uh, as you said it's not unique to chula vista but it's unique to certain cities that don't confront the issue and manage it well. Um, you know, I was reading something earlier about uh, uh, decriminalizing homelessness and so forth. But I got to tell you, much of the activity that occurs in some of these camps is criminal activity. Um, uh, public camping is, is criminal activity. And, and we, need to, we need to approach it with compassion. We need to approach it with care. Uh, we need to bring people into services. But driving down the street and just looking away and pretending it's not there, as political leaders have been doing forever till now, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I don't even know if now, uh, uh, needs to stop because of the, the, the human suffering that occurs in, uh, on our streets every day uh, needs to be relieved. And, and we need to be concerned about the degradation of our communities and our cities um, uh, in that process. That's also an important part of this that we cannot forget and so it needs to be confronted it needs to be addressed it needs to we need to bring in bold 
action. We know what to do. We've been dealing with this. It's not a, it's not a mystery about what we need to do. We need the political will to, uh, to move forward and, and address this, this problem head on. Let's talk about your campaign. Break it down for us. What are the timelines? When, when is the campaign? How does it work? And for people that are listening in, if they want to learn more about your campaign or, or get involved, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So the, the election is in June. It's a primary election in June. There are some seven candidates and, uh, you know, all, all uh, run in to be your next, uh, your, your next mayor. June 7th is the primary election. The two top candidates that come out of that, uh, of the primary election will go to November uh, and for the, for the runoff. And so it's happening now. Uh, and I, I want people to be involved. Um, there's a lot of great things that we can accomplish. And I want to invite anybody who's interested in coming on board. Mine is a, a grassroots campaign. Uh, I mean, if you looked at the data of where money has come from uh, in all of the various campaigns, I am the 59% of the money that, that I've raised has come from small businesses and people in Chula Vista, um, way above uh, the, the, the rest of the, of the, the competition. And so um, it's local interest, local, um, local support um, that, I'm, that I'm looking for. People can go to my uh, website. It's rudyramirez.com. Uh, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're doing a lot. We're producing, we're d- producing uh, op-eds. I was published twice now by Voice of San Diego, uh, one on the trash strike, and, uh, and the other one on kind of the future of uh, our landfill and what we could be th- thinking about in doing in terms of economic development. We, wouldn't, we didn't ask to get a landfill, but we got a big landfill in the middle of our community. We need to do the best, um, make the best of that. And there are opportunities for that. And so those are just a few ideas. I hope people do uh, get engaged and uh, contact me in uh, whatever way they can. The website's probably the best thing, rudyramirez.com. Yeah, we'll be sure to uh, put that up. So, Rudy, thank you so much for uh, joining me. It's been great hearing your perspective on Chula Vista. And best of luck um, on your campaign. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening in.